Next Sunday's going to be an incredible day here on campus. Today's been special already. So special. And it's going to be a great time. I can't wait to journey with you over the next four hours today. But <laughs> next Sunday's going to be special as we get an opportunity to hear from some missionaries that when you give through this house, we get to support them. Yeah. It's Child Legacy International. Angie and I had an opportunity to go this summer to spend some time with them in Malawi. And next Sunday, they're going to be here sharing their story. Listen, I promise you, you do not want to miss the story because the story behind what God has done over the last 15 years through Child Legacy is absolutely incredible. It's a story, listen, it's a story that from nothing to something. Yeah. And so I it's can't miracle. wait to share that with you next Sunday. Bring tissues with you because I cried the whole time I was there. It's yeah, absolutely. Amazing. It's going to be a great, yeah, great day. So amazing. But today's going to be a special day as well. It is. And I want to let you know today's a little bit different. Today's going to be more like a journey. It's going to be an ebb and a flow. We're going to ask you to participate in some ways. We're going to ask you to do some things. Uh, we're going to challenge you with maybe a different teaching than some of you have maybe heard before. But I'm telling you, it's going to be a great journey today because we believe that there's more in 24. And we believe that today is the launching pad for that. Now with that, we want to issue you a challenge. I don't know if you've been challenged yet the first seven days of this year, but Pastor Angie and our staff have a challenge for all of us in the room today. We want to challenge you over the next 24 days of the year 2024 to join us in a fast. We want to encourage you to, to, to join us in a biblical fast. Now, when yes. we think about fasting, right. a lot of people get the heebie-jeebies. In fact, somebody just got up and left, okay, because <laughs> they don't want to be a part of that. Fasting, a lot of people have various ideas about what they might fast. They do, right? and you can fast food, but you can also not... Not just eat fast food. That's not a good one. Yeah. But you can also fast technology. You can fast television. You could fast, um, like, I waste a lot of time on my phone on games. Anybody with me? Um, stupid yeah, little you do. games. I do, and I admitted it she in does. public. So Just be honest. Um, she does. I probably need to give that up. But so does, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. But then what is biblical yeah, fasting? So those things are good to give up because those things definitely get into our lives and can be time consumers, right? Yes. Come on, how many of you know social media can be a good thing, but then it just gobbles up our time, right? Yes. Isn't it interesting? Social media was created to connect us, but I think we're the most disconnected society yes. in the history of culture yeah. because of this thing that was meant to connect us, right? Hector, you're yeah. nodding your head. Do you agree with that? So anyway, I, I still like to look at pictures and whatever and hashtag blessed and people... Brag about whatever. That's okay. Um, but but when we talk about biblical fasting, here's the definition. Biblical fasting means giving up food. Okay. So technology is great. Television or less games or less time pursuing a hobby of yours. All those things are great if they're if they're robbing time with God. Absolutely. But when we talk about biblical fasting, we're talking about giving up food for a specific period of time so that we can focus our thoughts on God. Well, does that make sense? It does because yeah. I don't know about you, but when I am hungry, my stomach is doing that like little growl thing. And that is, I think, a physical sign for us, right? Yeah. That, okay, instead of eating, I'm going to go spend time with the Lord. Yeah. Now, some people say, well, what's a fast? What do I give up as far as food? And how long does it last? And listen, the scriptures are loaded with different types of uh, time frames. It may be three days. It might be sevens listed. There's a 14, 21. There's even a 40 day, right? That we find throughout scripture. There are different types of fast. There's a, a fast that's called an, an absolute fast in which you give up everything. No food, no drink for an, a period of time. And you Jesus be, did that, yeah, but I am not but Jesus. But he's Jesus and I'm not. No. So you got to be very, very careful there. In fact, I would not encourage you to participate in that and unless you at least consult a physician. I think that would be incredible. Yeah. But 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 that's the absolute fast. But but then there's a there's a partial fast in which maybe you just give up a a, a, a certain meal. You know, maybe you eat a light breakfast and you're going to skip lunch and then eat dinner. I don't know, or or or, or whatever. But but it's a, it's a, it's a partial fast, or maybe it's just 
uh, uh, certain types of, of, of foods, okay, that you're going to, I'm going to give up sweets or I'm going to give up bread or I'm going to give up meat. I hate to say that as a dude. That's just, that's sad. I feel like I need to give my card up right now, but, but, but maybe there's this, so that's a partial fast where you're like, but, but there's a really the normal fast is what most people do. They'll, they'll just eat certain types of food groups. Maybe it's vegetables, things like that. The Daniel plan, all that good stuff. You know what I'm talking about? I think one thing to remember, a fast is not a diet. It's Ooh. not now. There may be there may be a weight loss that comes with it, but there also might not be. And yeah. so, not to be weighing yourself—that's not what the point is. When you want to go weigh yourself, go to the Bible. Yeah, go pray instead. Yeah. The point is, I'm giving something up pray. that I think I have a need for, but I'm going to replace it with time in the Word and time in prayer. In fact, I love. Yes. Let me just remind us of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter four, verse four. He says. People do not live by bread alone, but they live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Yes. And so what is there that is more filling and sustaining than us really spending time with God, getting to know what he has to say, and, and, and maybe making his word a part of our diet? Are you with me there? Yes. And you know what? As you begin to get into God's word, you will desire more and pray for that. Yeah. Pray that God help me to desire to spend yeah. more time yeah. in his word each day. Now, why are we doing this? Because I just know that any time we carve out time for God is a good time. Amen. Listen, I, I've never said, I've never met anyone that said, you know what, man, I, 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 I spent more time in prayer and I regret that decision. Or Hey, I spent time reading the Bible and boy, was that a waste. I just, no, most of the time, whenever we carve out time and that's what fasting does, it sets time aside in which we spend time with God and, but we fill it with his presence. So we're not just giving up food or drink or whatever for, for just say, look at me. In fact, scripture would say, in fact, I think it was in our reading today that when you fast, don't be walking around don't looking walk around. disheveled and whatever it said. I think he said, wash your face and comb your hair. Yeah. Don't be bragging about it's it. It's not right? a thing to no. really tell, like, tell your family. If you're giving yeah. up food, please tell your family because yeah, they need yeah. to know why you're, they need to say, Hey, you probably need to go into yeah. prayer. <laughs> so, so we want to challenge you because we do believe that there's more in 24. Yes. We want to challenge you to join us on the journey for the next 24 days of this month. Right now, I know that football playoffs are started and it's not a game unless you got a bowl of Tostito chips and some guacamole or something. I know the national championship game is tomorrow night, whatever. And I'm not telling you what to do, but I just simply know this. If we will make space for God, he's going to fill that space and he's going to sustain us and meet us in that time in a, in a greater way. Our dependence will be upon him and we just can't help but think there's not a better way for us to start this new year. So I hope that you'll embrace the journey with us. Can, and also I love, there's something that you always tell me because I'll feel guilty if I mess up, but you say, okay. Angie, if it, if it matters to you, it matters to God. That's right. And yeah. he's so forgiving. So if you mess up, don't give up on it. Just start new <laughs> the next day or the next I blew moment. it, so I better eat the whole bag of right, M&Ms, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my I don't problem. Do that. I do yeah. that too. So, yeah, Finish if it means plate. something to you, it'll mean something to him. So, I want to encourage us. Can I just pray over us right now as we set out and as you're thinking about this? And hey, God, listen, we know that, that your word says in Matthew chapter six that when you pray and when you fast and when you give. Lord, in Matthew six, those are things that you just thought those three things would be a part of our everyday lives as followers of you, that we would be people of prayer, that we would fast and that we would give. Yeah. You, we just, that's what you expect of us. And so God, I pray that as we all now are seeking you as to what the next step you're calling us to is, God, I pray that you would reveal to us how we can set aside some time, how we can dethrone King's stomach in order to fill that with more of you time in your word, time in prayer, God, that, 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 that we would carve out and make space for you. Because I know that you honor that. I know that your word says we find you when we seek you with our whole heart. And Lord, I know that you always bless obedience and, and those things that you call us to do when we do that. Oh, it just brings a smile to your face. So God, I'm excited to see how you show up in our lives as we endure, as we set out on this journey, this 
uh, we embark on this fast over the next 24 days. Lord, I'm asking for you to meet us and to show us more of who you are. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Blessed are you who are downhearted, tired and weary, and in need of something more. Blessed are you who have had a tough year or season, perhaps filled with ups and downs, sorrow and sadness, misery and mistakes. You are not alone. Blessed are you whose dreams have been interrupted, stomped on, or perhaps just taking too long. There is a new thing right around the corner. Blessed are you who don't know what to believe or why you are here today. But despite that, you keep pushing forward. Blessed are you who are walking through seasons of prosperity and joy. Celebration and hope. For you have found something truly worthy of sharing. You see, sometimes life is just hard. But blessed are those who seek the Lord in the midst of that darkness. For there is hope. Real, tangible hope found in Him. So today, May you be reminded that you were created on purpose and for a purpose. May you know that God has big plans for you. Plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. May you walk in truth and light so that no matter where you go, you will have a light onto your path. May you find rest free from anxiety. And may his love, which is never ending, and his grace, which is never failing, follow you wherever you may go. For he has come to make all things new. I love that. I love that. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. That's what we want you to catch today in our journey together. I, I was, I just got to have a, a transparent moment real quick. And I want to ask Don, if you would help me. Uh, Don's our, our sound engineer in the back. And by the way, don't we just love our, our sound and media teams and everything they do. But we, 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 we unpacked Christmas this week, as you can tell. And I don't know what your house looks like. Mine still looks like the North Pole exploded inside of it. It's still there. I know. Judge me. But, um, but, but we unpacked. And, and I was sitting right here on the front row Thursday afternoon. And, and I was just kind of like, ah, it looks so <clears throat> dull and boring here. The atrium's been deconstructed. The stage looks awful now. And, and, and God used Don Davenport in my life. I was sulking and whining and complaining. And Don, God had a word for me through Don. Don, hey, Don, can you talk back to us back there? Yes, sir. Okay. Hey, in, in my sulking moment, what did you tell me on Thursday? I told you that I saw the stage as a new day, a new dawn. Wow, that's, that's a good word, isn't it? And I know that over the last few days, many of you have been thinking that. What does it look like for me? Somebody put me on the spot this week and said, hey, what are your goals and plans for the new year? And I got to be honest with you, it was hard for me to, 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 to share that because I've just been so busy and I've not sat down to really think about it. So for me, Shelly, the fast is going to be one of those times in which I get a new direction. for. But it's a clean slate for all of us a fresh start. And I don't know what 24 has for myself, much less any of us, but I do know someone who does have a plan and know what it holds. And he already sees the outcomes. He, he sees those times of celebration in your life. And, and he knows those moments in which you're going to need his presence at a greater level, right? So it's a blank slate moment. So today we thought that in this moment, this, this first Sunday back, that it would look a little bit different today, yes. And the normal things that we do, we, we're just gonna push pause on that and not pursue those because we believe that God wants to prepare his people for this new year. And so today, if you saw any of our social media, you, you saw that today was advertised as a blessing and anointing service today. And so that's what we're going to speak about today. And 
For some of you, that might seem a little weird, odd, and freaky. We're not going to ask you to participate in anything today that makes you uncomfortable. But I do want all of us to open up our hearts today and let God speak to us in this moment and show us what he has for us. Because here's what I do know. God has more for you in 24. There is more. And if he were finished with us, we wouldn't be sitting in this moment right now. We, we wouldn't be here. We would have been somewhere else and here or there, you know, we would be somewhere else, but we're here. And so he's not finished. You know, that word blessing, I think is one of those words in our English vocabulary that can be one of the most misunderstood and misused words, right? I, I referred to it just a second ago. It seems like oftentimes on, on social media, people like to hashtag blessed, right? As they're showing you the picture of their new Lambo that they got for Christmas, you know, or, hey, I've got tickets to the, the Lakers Spurs game. I'm in the suite and look at us. We're in the, we're in the suite with the free nacho bar and all that good stuff and hashtag blessed, right? And if we're not careful, if we don't have the new Lambo, or if we're not sitting in the suite at the Frost Bank Center, we can feel that we're not blessed. The opposite of blessing is cursed, right? <laughs> and so I think that word can be, and can be one of the most misused words, you know, or, hey, I've got a big family. Look at my, my, my you know, trophy husband. No one ever says trophy husband. We always say trophy wife. Come on, man, let's change that this year. Let's do, or, or, we, or look at my new car. Hey, I got a job promotion or, hey, you know, look, I've got this. And, and if we're not careful, we can equate blessing or being blessed with material prosperity, more square footage, more horsepower, more likes on social media, right? Well, in, in, in my looking at scripture and, 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 and scripture uses that word bless blessed or blessing. And by the way, let's just be honest. God does love to rain down good things on our lives. In fact, can we just all agree that God is good? The devil's bad, but God is good, right? Are you with me there? And listen, every good thing you experience in life is from a good father in heaven. He, if he's good, he's not capable of the bad right? I mean, he's capable, but that just goes against his nature. He's not bad. He is good. We don't sing the song, you're a bad, bad father. It's who you are. No, we sing, you're a good, good father because that's who he is. God is love, right? God is for us, not a guess. Listen, let's just be honest. God does love to bless his children. <clears throat> But I want us to be careful not to just limit blessing based on material prosperity. Because when you look that word up in, 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 in scripture, and there are a lot of different meanings, but, but there's a Greek word in particular called makarios that I would love for us to, to use this in our journey, not only today, but this year. When, when, you know, you, that, that word bless, blessing, or bless in scripture, the, the NLT uses it some 84 times. The, the English Standard Version is going to use it around, uh, I think, 112 times. But, 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 but what does makarios, what does it mean to truly be blessed by God? It means this, to be fully satisfied in him. Did you hear that? You, 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 you don't hear the world using that definition with being blessed, do you? That when I'm blessed by God, that means I am fully satisfied in him. That, 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 that I am fully satisfied with Jesus. That my life is in such, it may not be perfect and I, I may not have a lot of stuff, but yet I have found the true source of joy and contentment. Come on, how many of you know somebody that have square footage and horsepower out the wazoo? And they got lots of things and people on social media tooting their horn. 
They seem to have so much, but yet they're still not fully satisfied, are they? Is it not us? I mean, did any of us really need anything else for Christmas? Did, did, did we really need another dish of cookies from the neighbors? No, we did not. But I'm thankful for their concern for me. But makarios means to be fully blessed. And I just want all of us to know that the greatest form of blessing has been the incredible favor and grace that God has extended to us through Jesus. To, to, to know that I can screw up and make mistakes. Is anybody else? Could you testify to that? Thank you. You better get your hand up, sir. Just sweet. But yet, despite my weaknesses and my fallacies, and despite those times in which I say the wrong thing to my wife, anybody ever been there? That's not what I intended, honey. But to know that God looks past all of that and he still extends grace. I'm telling you, that's blessing. I am blessed. God has extended grace. Man, I guess the question for us I have today is are we fully satisfied in Jesus? Are you in that place in your life in which Jesus is enough? There's a song we used to sing called Christ is enough for me. For me. Is he really? Is he enough for you? If that's all you had, if Jesus was all you had, would that be enough for you? Maybe the question today is, have you gotten over Jesus? It's not a big deal anymore what he's done for you on the cross or how he still walks with you and guides you and what have you. Are you fully satisfied in Christ? That even despite the happenings around you, and by the way, let's just be honest, we, we all are going to have some setbacks this year, and there are going to be some wins and losses. There are going to be some victories and some defeats. There are going to be some challenges and some smooth sailing. There are going to be people come into our lives and come out of our lives. There are going to be some relationship adjustments. Your status at a job might change. I mean, there's going to be some health setbacks and some, I mean, there's just, listen, this, Jesus says in this world, you will have trouble. But he says, but I want you to take heart. I've overcome it. Are we fully satisfied? Are we makarios? Will we still consider ourselves blessed with the grace of Jesus? I, I, I want to read a scripture to you today because I, I love there's a passage in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 that, that, that I think is important for us to consider today as we set out on this new year and truly living the blessed life, meaning fully satisfied in Christ. The, 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 the writer of the, of, uh, in the book of, of Hebrews would give us some things that I think are important for us to consider today so that we can truly be the recipients of all that God wants for us and what he wants to do in our lives. Are you guys okay if I read the word of God to you today? Okay. One verse right here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse one says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Now, let me just stop right there. Keep the verse up. What is he talking about here with this crowd of witnesses? Well, the previous chapter is chapter 11 in the book of Hebrews, and it is oftentimes known as the, the hall of faith chapter, because you read it and you see all these men and women that scripture in chapter 11 draws out about how they operated or walked with God, but it mentions their faith. Now, here's the great thing about that for me is that these, some of these men and women we read about, they weren't always perfect. Uh, they, in fact, they weren't perfect. There were times in which they screwed up and dropped the ball. There were times in which they made poor decisions. There was one guy that's even called a, a great man of faith that even lied about being married. Abram right? 
but yet they're still listed in this chapter. This is the crowd of witnesses that this writer in Hebrews is saying they're, they're watching us. We're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses, these people of faith. And, and listen to what he says. So let us strip off everything, or excuse me, every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. I don't know, is anybody in here, or maybe someone watching us online, is anybody in here like a serious runner? Or how many of you got a treadmill for Christmas and you've already sent it back? Anybody? The Peloton? My wife tried to suck me into the Peloton deal. They're going to send it to you and we can use it at discounted rate. It's free. I didn't take that bait, as you can tell. But there are other things I can do. But if you know anybody that's a serious runner or if you've watched a marathon or race, you know, they run in as little as possible. Sometimes I'm a little offended and grossed out by what I see in a runner, Right? You don't find them running in the new big heavy sweatsuit from Old Navy. They're not wearing the big Ugg boots they got with the fur coming out of the top. And they're, they're not loaded down with a bunch of weights and all that stuff. No, no, they run in as little as possible because they know they don't want anything that might hinder them or slow them down from effectively running the race. Check this out. There might be some things in our lives that are hindering us from truly receiving all that God has for us and effectively running the race that he's marked out for us. Are you with me today? Come on, 11 o'clock. The writer in Hebrews chapter 12 says, the weight, is there some sort of a weight? Is there some sort of weight that you're carrying around today? A past hurt? Maybe there's an experience from your childhood or something that took place in the workplace. Is there a weight that's bothering you from a strained relationship in the past or family history? Maybe that weight might just be an improper view of who you are. And you've let the enemy come in and, and, and say negative, hurtful, harmful things to you and about you. And, and you've taken on that identity. Is there a weight like that that maybe you're carrying today? The writer in Hebrews 12 would say, we need to get rid of that. Or, or he would also say, or, or what about some sin in your life? Something that's kind of, it's kind of like the Kraken. It's wrapped its tentacles around you and wrapped its arms around you and it's, it's entangled you. He says, is there some sin that is entangling you? It's tripping you up. And you may know what it is and, and you may know that it's bad for you, but you just can't, can't get rid of it. And it's there. And it continues because it's wrapped around you. It's continuing to trip you up and keep you from running this race that is marked out for you. Listen, I, I don't know what that is for you, but I think we all can relate to weights and sin, right? And that sin may be something that, hey, no one knows about it. Well, someone does. You've done a good job of hiding it, masquerading it. You look good when you're in front of people. You smile and, and you're all made up and, and you're able to get your hands up on Sunday when we sing and, and you look good here. But deep down inside, you know that there's something. You've tried to keep it in the corner, in the dark, but man, it's just limiting this Makarios in your life. 
that intimacy with God, truly receiving all that he has and wants for your life. You see, I think God is up in heaven and he's just wanting to rain it down on us. But I think that there are just some weights and sin in our lives that are hindering that. Are you with me there? Is this making sense to anybody or am I just babbling? So here's what I want for you today before we go on any further. I want us to search our hearts and I want us to do business with that. And I'm not going to ask you to stand up and declare and we're not going to write them on poster board and all around the room today. No, no. But I do want to encourage you. Would you, could we just pause right now and just search our hearts? You know, one of the things about the Holy Spirit is that he reveals things to us. There might even be some things that we don't know. And so before we continue on and before we can, 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 can be the blessed fully, receive the true Makarios, we, we have got to get rid of the weight and sin. So here's what we're going to do. You, I'm just going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. This, I want you to know that the altar is open today. If you want to come and just kneel before the Lord. Or maybe you want to stand up in the back and just, and just spend some time in prayer. Whatever position, posture, wherever you move to, can we just spend some time and search ourselves? Search me, O God. Know my thoughts. Lord, is there anything wicked within me? I I love... (laughs) I'm just reminded of a part of the reading from yesterday our journey through scripture the summary and from yesterday's reading maybe this just might encourage someone here today God does not abandon us even when we abandon him in moments of weakness God was still blessing Abram after he had lied about being or lied about Sarah being his sister God also heard the cry of the psalmist. And when we confess our sins, maybe that's lying, maybe that's cheating, maybe that's lusting. God hears us and he restores us. God, thank you for that promise. God, I pray for everyone listening today that God, we would walk in the fullness of who you are and what you have for us. That we would be fully satisfied, God. Makarios, Lord. That we would be fully satisfied and content in you. We lay aside the weight that hinders us. We we get rid of the sin that has entangled us and trips us up. God, we want to run this year for you and for your glory with everything we have. Thank you for being a God who forgives us when we lay that before you.
and you restore us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. only fitting that once we have those times in which we allow God to come into our lives and work in us and we confess and lay those things at his feet I think it's good for us always to be reminded of what that cost it doesn't cost us a lot but in order for us to be forgiven, in order for us to have weights lifted off of us and, and for that sin that's engulfed us, to, in order for those things to be taken care of, it cost Jesus a great deal. You see, Scripture says that, that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of, of our sins. And by the way, we all have that in common today because scripture says for all have sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. Scripture says that, that the wages or the payment, the result of that sin is that you and I deserve death. It's not necessarily talking about physical death, but it's talking about death that is a, a separation from someone who who has the very best for us in mind, the one who can provide for us and meet every need, the one who is a friend that sticks closer than anyone else, the one who says, I'm with you, that in this world, when you have trouble, hey, listen, it's through me that we're gonna overcome this world. The wages of that sin is death, but the verse goes on to say, but there's a gift of God that's been offered for us. You see, Jesus came and he died and he went to a cross for us and he had to be broken. He had to bleed so that you and I could have the opportunity to have weights lifted and sin forgiven. Are you with me today? And so I think it's only fitting for us to pause in our service and remember that sacrifice. God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can I just tell you something today? God's not mad at you. He loves you. He, he loves you. He loves you so much that he made this possible. And so today we're going to celebrate that.
and we're going to remember that. Today, I'm going to invite you, for those of you that have professed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, check this out. Our Father in heaven has prepared a table for us to eat. This is not our church's table. This is the Lord's table. This supper is called the Lord's Supper or the Holy Communion or the Eucharist, right? But this is His. The elements on this table are symbolic of the broken body of Jesus, bread that was broken. Remember where Jesus was born? The town of Bethlehem, which means what? House of bread. You remember when Jesus made the declaration that I am the bread of life. And so you see today we come and we partake of the body of Christ and remember his sacrifice. So we, 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 we dip that in a chalice of, we got grape juice or wine. We dip that bread, that broken body in that, and we eat. We remember that without the shedding of blood, again, our sins can't be forgiven. So we come to this table, those who belong to Jesus Christ, and we celebrate, we remember, and we look forward to his return. The Lord has prepared a table in front of each section. Jimmy's going to continue to play and we're just going to let you come as the Spirit of God calls you. I would ask you to, to come from the right aisle of your section. Come to the table, make your way through and go down the opposite aisle to try to keep the traffic flowing a little bit. But we want you to come and take a piece of bread and dip it in a chalice and eat it. And Jesus says, remember me. The Lord's table is open.
thank you for going to the cross for us. Thank you for giving up your life so that we could have life. May we never forget that sacrifice. And may we proclaim that death and that resurrection until the day the Lord returns. And may we live as grateful people, thankful, blessed because of the grace extended to us through Jesus. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Amen. Anointing was a practice throughout Scripture that simply meant to set someone apart for a special purpose or calling. We know throughout the Old Testament in the times of kings and priests that there were times in which they would be anointed. We know that David was anointed as a young shepherd boy, that he would be the future king one day, right? We know that priests were, oftentimes there was a ceremony that would go on that would, would be, be a, a time of declaring that this is a, a person that is set aside for a specific purpose or calling in their life. Anointing has been around for a long time, and, and I believe that it's still important for us today. You know, anointing back in the day, shepherds and taking care of their sheep would oftentimes lather the, the head and the ears of, of that sheep up with, with oil because to make it slick so that insects and parasites could, could not land on that sheep and much more make their way into the ear area, which would cause disease, infection, and oftentimes death. So a good shepherd would would anoint his sheep with oil for their protection. We know that oil is oftentimes used in times of healing and prayer over people as well, right? Some of you may have had someone come and anoint you with oil and pray over you as well, just symbolic of, of just asking for the God of heaven to intervene in your situation. There's really nothing magical or special about oil, um, it's, but it's symbolic. It is symbolic of, again, a special purpose or a calling on someone's life. I, I'm reminded in Scripture that after Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness being tempted by by the devil himself, we, we find these words in the book of Luke chapter four that 
Jesus, as he begins his earthly ministry, comes and states the reason that he came. You see, for 30 years of his life, he's just a good son. He helps his mom and dad around the home and maybe with the family business. But at around the age of 30, he leaves his earthly parents to embark upon the calling of his father in heaven. You see, Jesus was set apart. Jesus was that long-awaited Messiah that Isaiah wrote about some 700 years before he would ever be born. The people walking in darkness will see a great light. Remember that we read that his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting. But he would be the long-awaited Messiah. That word Messiah means anointed. Even his very name, his name Jesus, was the name that the angel told Mary and Joseph to name him. Name him Jesus. But when you add the word Christ to it, that word Christ means, you guessed it, anointed. So he's the anointed one. And in Luke chapter four, Jesus gives us these words. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and that the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. See, that was Jesus' purpose, to come. He had been set apart in order to do the work of his Father. And let me just remind you of something that Jesus would go on to say in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus would begin to speak of his departure from this earth, but in his departing, he was going to actually be leaving us with a gift, the Holy Spirit. And let me just remind you that Jesus says through him, through the power that he provides you, you will do even greater things than you've seen me do. Now, what does that have to do with us? Can I remind you that for those of us that have called upon the name of the Lord and are saved. Those of us that have received the sacrifice of Jesus and confessed our sins to him and asked him to forgive us of those sins. Listen, at that moment that we are saved, this spirit is planted within us. So you know what that means? You are anointed, Christian. You're anointed. If you are in Christ, you're not only a new creation, but you have been anointed by God himself. What does that mean? You've been set apart. There's a special purpose and a calling on your life. You see all those things that maybe you identified earlier today, those labels or those bad views of you that you might carry. That's not how God the father sees you. He sees you as a priest a saint. He sees you as someone anointed to carry out a special plan and a purpose. Can, 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 I, can I read more Bible to you today? Because I, I don't want you just to take my word for this. I want you to see what God's word says about you. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, check this out. For we are God's masterpieces. Look at that person. You're sitting next to a Picasso right now. You're sitting next to a Monet or a color by number, whatever you want to call it. Bob Ross special. You have been created by God. You are a masterpiece. And look what it says. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Do you remember in the video earlier? 
you have a purpose. The very Spirit of God has anointed you and set you apart. We could look in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and we read these words. You are a chosen people. You are royal priest, a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he's called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. I'm in the presence of oily people today because you've been anointed by God himself. That far supersedes what any human might do to you. God of heaven himself, Christian, has called you. He's created works for you to do. Just as Jesus had those works to preach the good news, to proclaim the gospel, to release the captives and set the oppressed free, to heal the blind, all of those things, check this out. That's your calling. You're anointed. We're going to do something today. I want to invite my team that wants to join me down front today to come join me down front. And, 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 and listen, there, there is, I, I've already told you you're anointed, and, but I, I want us to give those of you that so choose the opportunity to just come and physically be anointed with oil today. And for us to pray over you and to empower you and encourage you. Now, there's nothing magical about this oil, except that mine's more special than theirs. And I'm just kidding. No, that's a joke. That's a joke. Those of you watching on the internet, I told you that guy was, no, there's nothing special about this, but it's just symbolic. I'm saying, God, I'm ready to step into what you've planned for me to do long ago. And so we're going to stand down front for a while. And if you want to come and just come to one of us and let us anoint you with oil and pray over you. The rest of you, maybe just sit in your seat right now and just say, hey, God, what is a special calling you have on my life that I can do for you today? The time of anointing is here. If you'd like to participate, you come. May I invite all of you to go ahead and stand with me today as I just pray blessing over all of us. Hey, you need to know that right now, right now, the enemy feels threatened, but he's not threatened until we go out and do it. He, he knows the potential in this room. And may we as the people of God, the recipients of his good blessing anointed by his spirit may we go today and be the people he's called us to be may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord make his face shine upon you may the Lord be gracious unto you may he show you his favor and give you his peace in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.